<laughs> Hello, guests and ghouls, and welcome to this year's Halloween special. Today's Halloween special follows up on our previous year's Halloween specials, and as such, it features heavy references to our previous campaign. As always, in the description, we've got a link to a character list, which will give you a brief description of pretty much any proper noun we use in this episode, so if something sounds unfamiliar, you can check it out there. Down there, you can also see time-stamped content notes, which you might want to check out because this episode gets a little bit into the Halloween spirit. <laughs> I am Victor Damon of the Damon Saloon. Come in, come in, you know how it goes by now. Take a seat, have a snack, and peer into the crusty forgotten corners of your soul. The visit repeats itself like poetry. And just like with every other year, please refrain from sitting in these four seats in front of me. For two long years, these forlorn furnishings have awaited their friend's grand return. And at long, long last, they arrive right on time again. The Damon Saloon looks the same as it did two years ago. It's a nice rustic bar with a handful of fantasy creatures, one of which is absolutely stolen from D&D. It's the one everybody likes. I'm not saying which, because then you can fill it with your imagination. And just like with the past couple of years, our adventure begins with Victor Damon tending the bar with four empty seats in front of him before the door opens and four figures enter. But it's a bit different than it was in 2020 and then back in 2019. In both of those, our heroes had found themselves in a group cluster lost somewhere in the wilderness where they stumbled upon this. But our group of adventurers today did not all enter the store together, and they did not think they were lost, because they were celebrating Halloween. Halloween is a festive celebration full of costumes and candy, named after a specter from many years ago who was known for being particularly fashionable. The fucking legend now. And so all across the valley and the hereafter, I didn't actually ask you where you were, all across the world of Quest Friends hereafter, our four protagonists were celebrating Halloween, each in their own costume and each in their own way, before opening a door that would take them someplace other than the, what they expected. Uh, what were each of you doing for Halloween, and, and how were you dressed up? Did I say Halloween? Yes. What were each of you doing for Halloween? 
Which, what were, <laughs> they sound the same, okay? When you say it, it sounds exactly the same. No, it doesn't. Did I say Halloween? What were you doing for Halloween? Just say my name and then You we... have to overemphasize Halloween in order to say What it. were each of you doing for Halloween? There you go. So Hilda is dressed up in what you might call unconventional wizard garb. Medieval looking boots, cardboard with thin bits of aluminum over it to mimic medieval plate greaves. A blue doublet. But instead of like conventional poofy sleeves, it has this section that comes down off the top of a doublet with little strips of fabric that are sensibly bedazzled with like a couple of fake jewels here and there. Uh, there is a cape that has like an extended chunk around the neck area where it like wraps together almost like a little shawl. And then a very like poofy sprawling wizard's hat, super wide brimmed, can totally like cover your face if you like even slightly tilt your head down. And there is a blue feather in this hat as well. They're like the the defining thing is it's very blue, which is perhaps not the best color scheme. But Hilda was very insistent it had to be book accurate <laughs> to the description. Uh, and were you just going out trick or treating, Hilda? We're going out pierogi trick or treating <laughs> for pierogi, right? Because you're 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 celebrating. Alina actually had an event to run. You know some. Halloween ball, but you and uh, your mom, Yulia, went back to Clown Town, did some celebrations, and uh, last you remember, you were actually going to open the door to Babcha Anya's house. All right, what was everyone else doing? I was at that Halloween party <laughs> with Lucas Bang. Uh, we have a really cute couple's costume. I'm dressed as, I'm sorry, Sparky Malarkey is <laughs> that is you didn't have to make that clarification but it's a lot funnier now that you did <laughs> i'm not happy with how tonight has gone and we are <laughs> nine and a half minutes into our recording i was gonna say you haven't this is the first you've spoken besides halloween i know oh dear sparky malarkey is dressed as kansas mclean who's like indiana jones if he was also john mclean but <laughs> those two people were also one cowboy. So it's like, you know, the brown pants and the brown jacket and a brown hat that has uh, some steampunk flair on it. It's cool. It's like it's like uh, a steampunk princess cowboy vibe that Sparky Malarkey's got going on. And then uh, Lucas Bang is the love interest from Kansas McLean, which I definitely thought of before I said the words. Let me just, let me just. Look, he's just Channing Tatum from that movie that's coming out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, he's just a guy in, I don't know, like a white tank top or yeah, something like that. you know what, he's like just a that. guy in a white tank top. Adventure bro, that's what he is. Yeah. <laughs> he's Kansas McLean's assistant adventure bro. Got a white top tank, some workers' pants, boots. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a vibe. So they were at this sweet Halloween party and they were having a pretty good time. Sparky was for once not ruining things for herself and just like having fun at a party. And then she left to find the bathroom and now she's here. Irene is dressed up in a costume that her incredibly kind and well-meaning father made for her that she said she didn't want, but kind of did. <laughs> it's not quite like what she would have pictured from what the book said. But it has a lot of heart. She's got 
a bunch of shawls and a giant hat that's red. She did put some extra dirt and a couple little flowers on it. She's got all her necrom on and she's hunting for pierogies. <laughs> and by that, I mean she's rapping on doors and instead of saying trick or treat or whatever it is for Halloween, if it's not trick or treat, she's saying, give me a pierogi. <laughs> Wait, so is it is, an important question? Is it pierogies everywhere or did like Irene get invited on this clown town trip? Yeah, because it isn't Halloween. It's Halloween. It's Halloween. Hallie uh-huh. could have been a clown. Who knows? Maybe I am a clown. Not just a clown, you're, a you're clown, the entire you're circus. Being... God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Faster on the draw, doctor. <laughs> what if Hilda invited Irene to Clown Town? Irene will go to Clown Town hesitantly because she's observing her rival in the wild. Kike, what were you doing this Halloween? I mean, I don't have a good excuse for him to be in Clown Town, so I guess I'm going to make the pierogi thing everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it could be candy other places, other too. Places, like, either good. works. It's either pierogies everywhere or Clown Town just does pierogies. Everyone else does, like, candy. Okay, so if they, if they don't have to be together, Kike forgot that it was Halloween because he was so busy, but he does like handing candy to kids that knock on his door. And he's like, oh, no, I don't have candy. And I need a costume. <laughs> and so on the way, he grabbed a coat that actually belonged to his best friend's last roommate that hasn't been here for a long time, but he left his coat at some point. So it's a bit uh, big for Kike because he's not that tall, but it's a, it's a brown, big trench coat that he's wearing. Uh, he also grabbed some... Leftover 3D glasses from uh, <laughs> last time he went to see a 3D movie with Yu Nguyen, one of which is red and one of which is kind of blue, but I mean, you could think that it's, you know, another type of, of color. That's good. He also, so when he went to the, to the supermarket to get candy, he bought a random black long wig, like, you know, why not? Like, make me look as different as possible. And as he was coming out with the candy slash pierogies, he noticed that he was trailed by Toucan, who happened to be nearby. So he put his head, rummaged in the closet, took this scarf that Kike has for when it's cold outside, and he's just wearing it, trailing around Kike, holding the scarf in, in his beak. So he's hurrying up slash in his house with this costume, waiting for kids to come by. And sure enough, you hear a uh, you hear a knock or a ding dong. Do you have uh, do you have a doorbell? Uh yeah, he he does. He it usually doesn't like it's usually disconnected, but for for today only, it is going to be connected for for Halloween. I love that detail so much. So Irene and Hilda, you go into Bob Anya's house ahead of Yulia. Kike, you open the door for a kid, and Sparky, you go on a brief bathroom break. And as you walk through the door, it feels smaller and more condensed, but you realize that the door isn't getting smaller. Instead, it's getting more crowded. Victor Damon looks up from his post in the Damon Saloon as Kike, Hilda, Sparky, and Irene all stumble inside through the open door. 
Good evening. I am Victor Damon of the Damon Saloon. Can I request your help this evening? Kike will try to go back through the door, back <laughs> to his house right away. Like, I don't know what portal thing just happened, but I'm gonna try and go back to my house. You open the door and you hear a draft that isn't there. There is this like howling through the trees, but the wind actually doesn't move that much. And in front of you, you see massive tree trunks through a thick, foggy forest that seems to extend forever. Katike will look at this weird dude and if, if Sparky is visible, at Sparky. <laughs> and then back at the forest <laughs> and then at the room and then just like shrug like, uh, I'll take my chances. The door <laughs> shuts behind you. <laughs> oh no. And after it shuts, Toucan just starts rattling on the door fruitlessly. <laughs> and this man in front of you who looks very interesting. He doesn't look like one of the living, but he doesn't look like any of the dead that you would recognize either. He is a very pale man with a large presence. He's got a mixture of like this classic like cloak and just like a, a friendly worker's apron. And his most notable feature are two very large fangs. And you see these fangs as he smiles in a seemingly earnest way and says, Well, now, now, friend, no need to rush off so soon. I appreciate your gumption, but we need to discuss why you're here first. Let's catch up, uh, you know. Wow, you guys really went all out for this bathroom. <laughs> but um, I was looking for a more functional restroom, so could you just point me towards that? Ah, yes. The restrooms are just around the corner. But beware of the sentient goop. I just saw one go in, and they tend to be a bit messy. Okay, wow, you're taking this real seriously. I respect it. Uh, Hilda's going to make sure that Booker is here and safe, and scoop him up, and then just demand, Who are you, and why have you taken us here? Recoup. Oh, do you not recognize me? I am your old friend, Victor Damon, of the Damon Saloon. And of course you, uh... And he pauses for a second, and he looks at the four of you. You do look a bit different, I suppose. And he points to you, Hilda. You have a hat. And he points to you, Irene. You're angrier, somehow. <laughs> he just kind of shrugs his arms at you, Kiki, and says, I don't even know how to explain what's going on with you. And you... And he does a long point and pause to spark. You actually look like just as much of a mess as last time. So that tracks. Buddy, if you knew how many times I heard that, you would know it means nothing to me anymore. Ah, well, regardless, I, uh, I, um, I summoned you because I'm Victor Damon of the Damon Saloon. You know, we've done this dance before and, uh... Nope, not ringing a bell. Listen, I've met a lot of people, and I meet a lot of people down my, my extensive lifetime and death time. And you are not a face that I would forget. So I do not think I've met you. Oh my god, Kike, that's you? <laughs> You've never looked better. You should dress like that more often. Kike's not going to reply to that. He's rude. Wow, Sparky Malarkey, you should be an investigative reporter. You figured that out so quickly. Hey, kid! And he's going to, like, cut off his, like, high five. Irene does a high five. I look slowly down on Irene. Sometimes bows have a breaks, boss. 
look from Hilda back to Irene. You know, you know, one day you're going to learn that maybe you don't operate just as well with alcohol in your system. And then who's going to be laughing? It's me. Well, Sparky, are you always this rude to kids? <laughs> just this one. Yeah, Sparky. <laughs> just this one. And the man in front of you who called himself Victor Damon looks kind of confused. Is like, well, uh, well, they certainly aren't acting like the quest friends. Mm -hmm. But that is definitely who I summoned. The spell was very specific. In either case, I require some help from all of you. Do you have pierogies? Or any other sort of payment that is more of an adult kind? Like money? Yeah, Sparky, that's, that's what I meant. Why are we here? Okay, so in order. Yes, Gustav makes a mean pierogi. Yes, we do have the shins that you use for currency. And yes, I was just getting to that, so thank you for asking. That's a rather gruesome kind of payment. What, why are we being paid in shins? Listen, you're the ones who use shins, not me. I found fingers to be far more convenient. In either case, earlier, during the eternal twilight that is my day, I received word that my mailman and best friend, which he would totally say if you asked him, <laughs> Hank Brighton, called in sick. Normally, I could wait a day or two for my delivery, but unfortunately, in only a few hours, I am hosting a rather large celebration for the joyous holiday of Halloween. Anywho, <laughs> Hank was supposed to perform a pickup from your world. It was in an amusement park or something of the sort, someplace fun. I simply need you to go there, grab the package, and deliver it to the top floor of my tower. The package shouldn't be too hard to find. It actually has my face on it, which I thought was a bit kitschy, but we try to keep it fun here, you know? I, ha I, ha I have two things about this. Uh, the first thing is, what happens if we don't do whatever this favor is? And second, if you do pay with the money... It better look like this and he'll take, like, a bill or a coin of the hereafter from his wallet. And hopefully it does look like the hereafter kind. Yeah, it, it does look like the hereafter money. It's, uh, the single dollar bill is Bill Pullman <laughs> from the movie Independence Day. <laughs> sure. He'll be like, just make, mm, a thousand of these, probably. It sounds like a lot of work. One thousand! is no problem at all. He whisks his hand and uh, you can see next to him just a pile of a thousand dollar bills appear. As for what would happen if you didn't comply, well, the guests of the party would be very disappointed. Oh, and you would be cursed to travel Dremaine Bluffs for all eternity because once you're here, you can't leave until you've resolved whatever important task has been set for you. So we've been kidnapped. Wow, you are my friends. We've never met you. You, you weren't the jokester in previous years, but you're becoming one now. I must admit, I am quite enjoying it. So let, let's say we do, I mean, I'm still haven't agreed to that and that there's a minimum chance I will, but if I do to do this thing, would we return at the same time we left through whatever portal you made or will it be like the next day? I I went through all this and he'll just like signal through like the entirety of his costume <laughs> to give candy to kids in time for Halloween. And now I haven't given candy to a single kid. 
he'll kind of think a little bit, be like, hmm, well, let me take a look. And he takes out this pocket watch and looks at it, and he says, Ah, yes, it appears that your world's clock is not ticking right now. So, yeah, it should be fine. Hmm. Okay. So it sounds like you're interested in the job, and for that I am delighted. I'm interested in going back and in the money, not in the job at all. Don't be mistaken by that. I'm just confused, really. Perfect. (laughs) Before you go, I would like you to borrow this. And he takes the pocket watch he was looking at and says, This is the celestial clock. It is a pocket watch that tracks all of time throughout the multiverse. It also conveniently doubles as a compass that will point you in the direction of whatever you seek. It's no light bringer gauntlet, but I do think you'll find it useful. And he hands you the celestial clock. Who wants to take this pocket watch? Me. Nobody else spoke up at Sparky's now. <laughs> All right, that's it. Any questions before we get started? E- yes, how are we how are we supposed to fight and slay monsters? Uh I am I am not a real wizard. This is a this is a costume. <laughs> And he looks at all of you and his face grows paler. Oh dear, that would explain the changes. You should have started by saying you lost your powers. What? All right, let's make some Halloween magic. Halloween. Jack O'Lander, spooky, scary, flippity-doo, and here we go! The door behind you opens, and a gust of wind pulls you in, and you can see the Damon Saloon extending from far beyond you. You know kind of like the wide bubble effect, the wide lens effect? It's like that as everything stretches further and further, and everything feels different. Hilda, you've experienced the magic of Necromon, and as a kid interested in witches' books, I'm sure you've had moments of like, aha, I'm going to cast a spell in my imagination. But the magic here feels different. It feels real and tangible, and you see as this clear scepter appears in your hand. This is not book accurate. This character is supposed to have a sword. As a glass sword appears in your hand, perfect for casting spells and also hitting people to death. (laughs) Irene, you feel heavier. And not in the ways that you feel heavy when you get a bit tired. It's almost as if your body itself is getting denser. Like if you stepped, you would just sink to the bottom of the ocean. Kike, you feel kind of a combination of the two of these. You feel some sense of magic, but more importantly, you see your beautiful, very taken care of bones (laughs) turn this metallic silver color. I know that wasn't how Misha looked, but I figure that's more like... I mean, you can describe false skin growing over that metal now. That's a good point. You see skin grow, (laughs) but it seems artificial. It seems fake. It isn't how you remember skin feeling, but then again, it's been a long time since you've had some. And finally, Sparky, you feel no change to your body or no additional connection to magic, but your experience might be the most surreal of all. You, on a fundamental level, not only understand math, you appreciate it. Ugh. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that, Sparky (laughs) thinks to herself. And as you come out of this, the white lights turn into 
every color. You see every color brightly shining down on you. Hilda doesn't react at first to any of this weird stuff and instead just pulls out her notepad and writes down vampire money shins question mark question mark <laughs> human question mark question mark question mark Kike's just like uh oh, you know just a regular Tuesday for Kike Kanaka <laughs> Kike roll me speed defense <laughs> what <laughs> why oh god uh that's a a 12 Ooh. Kike you see out of the corner of your eye that the scarf Toucan was wearing starts to rise at the end and it brandishes a knife and the knife swings at you. Oh my God. And you duck by (sighs) as the knife at the end of this purple scarf starts hammering the ground with a... Is that... Tukan, is that you? As he's like going to carefully try to take the knife out of the scarf. The scarf flails back and you hear... Like a muffled from the end of it. This is horrifying. Is this is this part of you now? Is this knife? Uh, is this your beak? The knife points to you like a <gasps> beak looking at you. Okay. Then points to the ground. Okay. Uh, this is definitely weirder than whatever happened to me. I guess you can stay here, but don't point that thing at me or at any humans. Including, including Sparky. You could point it at her hat if you, if you so wish, but not. Scarf Toucan points its head down. And then hearing you could point at Sparky's hat just starts tracing the little feather with the uh, knife. Oh. All right. Sparky and Irene. Where are my Necromon? I'm asking that out of character. Um. Are they the candles? Yes. Oh, that's so there are three little candles on your hat that just do little like puffs. And we'll say in Morse code, they say their names backwards. Like you just see a light of like puff, 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 puff. Mostly because the idea of them screaming their names in the thing is more nightmarish to me than. I am not certain. I This might be scarier to me, them just having to scream in Morse code, but. I feel like we're past that point. It'll be horrifying. Or maybe smoke. Do we want the smoke to say their names? Oh, I don't think you're going to be able to there's, make there's it. No, there's no changing good. before this We'll point. just say, Irene, you see three new candles on your hat. <laughs> oh. All of them lit. All of them lit. Is screaming in eternal horror. No, they're like Calcifer. They're like Calcifer. Okay. I hope so. Yeah, sure. They've got little, they've got little faces on little them. Little faces. Little fire faces. It's cute. Yeah, they're not the candles, they're the flames. Yeah, 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 they're little flames in the candles. Uh, There we go, I like that. Still scary. Yeah, but then at least they are the fire and they're not on fire. The Anyways, that's where they are. Okay. In that case, um, from a little bit below everybody's height, you hear, What's all this then? What are we standing around here for? And uh, there is a walking book who looks like the pirate book from the page master, but without a mustache and cuter. But he's got a little eye patch and there's a little bandana and it's just like a little walking book. Don't forget the backpack. A little book backpack. A book bag. <laughs> With a slip bag. And a really big robotic like luminous round eyes. Booker? That's right, pal. Let's have an adventure. 
I'm trying so hard to do a doozy voice, and I don't know if I'm capable of it. I might just default to Ness's voice. I mean, I think that would be a lot clearer for the audience, too. Oh boy, I'm a booker now. Okay, then you know what? Fuck my doozy voice. Man, that was really hard. <laughs> uh, anyway, what are we standing around here for? Come on! Booker's canonically said fuck. <laughs> fuck! <laughs> Booker would. Yeah, Booker would say fuck. Yeah, he's allowed. This is starting to get distressing. Uh, it's all right, Hilda. I have figured out what's happening. Yes, w- what's going on? I am dreaming, and you are all figments of my imagination. Well, the imagination can be a very powerful thing. That's reassuring for you, but not so reassuring for me. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those group dreams, you know? <laughs> I wish that were true, kid, but uh, I don't think this is a dream of yours. Um, so we're going to a haunted amusement park to find a package, right? And it appears to be that way. Sparky's fiddling with the celestial clock, compass, pocket watch thing. And as you say, it seems to be that way. You look up and take in your surroundings and you see lights, so many lights, many of them neon and artificial shooting up into the sky. You would imagine that you're underneath the sky, but you don't see stars above you. Instead, you see this bright pulsating light from what looks to be giant luminescent fungi. But not only is light coming from the buildings and the uh, fungi on the ceiling, it's also coming from the floor itself, which is separated into four different quadrants, alternating in a white and red color scheme. All of these meet at a giant colossal Platinum Queen's chess piece. And next to it, which is where your compass is pointing, is a sign that says, Welcome! To Swagtacular Rouletteia. For a podcast listener, there are a few things more terrifying than the announcement break. So thanks so much for taking the time to listen to it. I'd like to start this announcement break by thanking Aaron Cateno Saez for voicing Victor Damon for the fourth year in a row. Aaron does a lot of really cool voice acting and tabletop role playing stuff. So the wonderful voice that he does for Victor is only the tip of the iceberg of what this fantastic man can do. Speaking of many years ago, it has been many years since I have played in the setting of Rouletteia where this adventure takes place. And I actually only decided to use Rouletteia like the day of the session. So how did I remember all of the details? I didn't. Instead, I used Welcome to Swagtacular Rouletteia, a location module that includes about 20 pages of characters, settings, adventure ideas, and other stuff based on this glitzy and glamoury hellscape. It was not only really helpful in giving me specific stats and reminding me of some details about Rouletteia I had forgotten, but it just helped me ground myself back in that world and also provided me a bunch of ideas that I never actually used in the podcast, but I had when generating the setting. The module used to be stuck in a forgotten corner of drive through RPG, but I've actually just re-released it on itch.io and drive through RPG. So if the setting of today's adventure seems interesting to you, 
and you want to use it in your cipher system or other tabletop role-playing game, you can find Welcome to Swagtacular Rouletteia linked below. And speaking of, if you're a fan of Flashback Future and you would be interested in a specific aspect of the world, be it an adventure line or a setting like Rouletteia and would love to see it in a module content like this, let us know. As long as I don't directly reference Numenera, I'm able to publish it. Okay, I've got a promo for you today for the podcast Graphic Novel Explorers Club. So let's get into that. I'm Aubrey. I'm Dennis. And I'm Johnny. Every other Tuesday, we take an in-depth and humorous look at different comic books. We're talking indie comics. Capes and cows. And everything in between. Graphic Novel Explorers Club is available on all platforms. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to tell your friends, you nerd. If that sounded interesting to you, you can find Graphic Novel Explorers Club at gnexplorersclub.com or by searching on whatever podcatcher you're listening to this episode on. All right, that's all I've got for you today. We are returning to our main episodes with Die Card Part 2 on Monday, November 14th. But if you've enjoyed listening to this tenuously canon special, I want to quickly let you know that we've got a bunch of fun crossovers for free right now on our Patreon. The one I want to shout out right now is called Welcome to Zarvia, which is an adventure run by Hallie that takes place in Rasputin's homeland. So whether it's in our next episode in a few weeks or in one of our bonus episodes in a few hours, I will see you then. My God, why are we back here? I can't be back here. No. You motherfucker. <laughs> Please. I tried to think of a place to go back to, and this felt like the best one. <laughs> why? <laughs> of all the places. <laughs> Will Hallie have to pick a, a flex skill? Oh my God, Hallie, pick a flex skill. It's been so long since I've chosen a flex skill. Oh no, I wasn't prepared. Hang on. Hang on, these, these, I've got, I've got flex skills listed on my, on my, oh, these are useless, no. Oh no. Um, I'd like a skill in, um, parasailing. Okay, perfect. You have a skill in parasailing. I have a skill in parasailing. So let me explain where you are. You are in Rouletteia. You are in front of the big chess piece in the center of town. As a reminder to you as players and to folks who haven't watched Quest Friends Season 1, watched, listened, or read, I guess, Quest Friends Flashback Future, Rouletteia is kind of this underground bustling market. It is a combination of Disney World and Las Vegas and murder, because death doesn't matter here. Because if you die, you can just regenerate at an easy life pod using some brands on the back of your hand. Admittedly, Hilda is the only one who seems to have those on her hand. If I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. Shock was the one who got it, right? Yeah. What? Yep. <laughs> Comes back yet no, again. Oh, you can't do oh, it. Like, yeah, you can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> Ruletia is 
split into four districts. There is the Land of Tomorrow, which has this anine racetrack, essentially horse racing and other fortune teller things. There is Gamble Strip Navarine, which is a lot like, you know, the main space of Disney World with all the pop-up shops. Main Street USA. Main Street USA. That's what it's called. There's Piper's Pit, which is the kid-friendly area and where Vespari performed. And then there is Wailter's Prosthetic Intestine, which is the deadliest roller coaster in uh, the Ninth World. It is hectic. It is chaotic. You've already seen a guy die and come back to life and die (laughs) again and then come back to life. He seems awfully tired by it. And yeah, that is where you are with a compass pointing you to some package somewhere in this weird, strange neon town. Okay. Well, I mean, I think we should just stay away from all of these weird places and just follow the compass to whatever this thing is. We grab it, we go, we take it back, and we can just keep living our lives. Hilda is going to go up and, like, not actually, but very lightly try to pinch Irene. She's worried about hurting her, so it's like an ineffectual pinch. Why did you do that? (laughs) I don't like this, Irene. Please wake up. I think you need to pinch me harder. Uh, okay. Slightly harder, but still not very effectual. Hilda, if you want me to wake up, you are going to have to actually pinch me. I know you are very- Ow! (laughs) I'm not awake. Well, I guess that was worth a shot. I'm sorry for pinching you. Wow, this place is lit! Booker is taking in all of the sounds and sights <laughs> and keeps running in different directions to go to the different areas because he just isn't sure where he wants to go. Yeah, and you're running in between the legs of so many people. Like, you have seen a bunch of the dead, a bunch of the living, a bunch of necromon, and these people look nothing like them. Like, they have almost alien-like features. Oh, wow! The costumes are so good here! Hilda, we gotta up our game next year! I don't- I don't actually think those are costumes, Booker. I think we've actually been teleported to some weird world. Oh, that's even cooler. I guess that explains why I can talk and stuff. So, yeah, that that tracks. Yeah, that might explain it. Um, yeah, I, I was going to ask, your book usually doesn't do this usually, does it? But I want to say that Kike, without noticing accidentally does it just to heal the, because I assume that if we have the same... Ah! No! <laughs> you no! do! You do have the mental link! <laughs> Hilda, you hear Kike's voice in your head. Hilda's gonna recoil in shock and just be like, Mr. Kike, are we dead? <laughs> is that why I'm psychic now? Is that why we're in a strange place? Is this what... Is this what the hereafter is like? Kike, uh, also noticing that Hilda didn't actually open her mouth to say those things, is also going to equally freak out. <laughs> and just like, being like, what? Wait, what? And he's gonna try and do the same with, with Irene to see if it's just like a, a overall psychic, like, detective, can you also hear this? Is this is this a thing we can just do? Hilda, you hear Kike say that. Uh... I, I can hear it, but I don't know. I don't know if Irene can hear it. Well, let, let me tell you, this is not what being dead is like. I think I would hate it even more. Which is say it's a kind of you hate being dead. <laughs> well, you know. Sparky, Irene, and Booker. You see as Hilda and Kike just stare at each other, and then Hilda jumps 
and then Kike jumps, and then they keep staring at each other. I was gonna say, we just see them looking at each other, right? So as this continues, Sparky looks from one to the other and then is like, what is going on here? I'm psychic. I guess I am too. But only only with Mr. Kike. Yeah, apparently only Hilda can sometimes hear me without speaking, which is a thing that's strange. Really? But that's not a thing that you should worry about, Sparky, so- Are you sure? Because it sounds like a very abnormal thing, at least for you. God, you just get more interesting by the day! Anyway, I guess we should try to find this package before we're killed horribly. Ah! Another splat. Yeah, that would probably be... Yeah, let's not approach that. Uh-huh. I know I wanted adventure, but this might be a little, a little much. This is not the PG fantasy world I was promised. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, let's... Where is the compass pointing? I will leave that question to you. Where does it point? Not to the roller. And his artificial intestine points to Walter's prosthetic intestine. It points to the intestine. <laughs> and so I start ushering the children. Kike can follow. He's an adult towards the whale intestine because we apparently have to go there. All right. So you make yourself towards uh, Walter's prosthetic intestine. It is a weird roller coaster. There's a ramp. There's grass. A part is on fire. And you're seeing half the carts are just exploding as they're flying through the air. As you do, I want everyone to roll me perception because we can do that again. Oh, ho, ho. and that's my descriptor again. We're using the D20s, right? D20s. Like Numenera. All right. We're in Numenera town. That's right. It's been so long. Pop, I, I'm trained. This would be int effort, correct? Yes. I can spend, how many is that again? Ooh, ooh, that's two levels of efforts uh, for free. Okay. I rolled an eight with two levels. I rolled a nine, but I'm trained. That's a seven. I got six. Okay. (laughs) You got six. I got six. So you didn't roll high enough to see the figure itself. Not a one of us. Any of us. To see like what the figure was, but. Wait, wait, wait. Can Booker roll? Ness has a character sheet. Ness has a character sheet. I pulled it up. Yeah, Booker has a character sheet. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Hang on. Let me find a different D20. Regionals! 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 Eight! Did you spend any effort? <laughs> no! Why did you spend any <laughs> Because I wanted to roll a die! What if you ever rolled high? <laughs> Shut up, Tom! <laughs> Shut up, Chuck! Alright, so none of you see exactly who the figure is, but Hilda, as you're walking, you notice a figure in, like, a trilby detective hat and a trench coat oh my god just standing looking at all of you and the figure turns the corner and walks away was that just matt or whatever the name was cigarettes mac it is it is max costume okay oh man um hilda takes no notice of this because this is just as suspicious as anything else in this city (laughs) okay yeah you make your way forward and you are you're walking through uh, the intestine. At one point, you see there is a line for people ready to get on what is called the ninth world's deadliest roller coaster. Well, that sounds like fun. I could ride that if I wanted, uh, but I am very focused. 
I don't want to ride that. I don't ever. think we should do that. There's no stipulation that all of us should ride this, right? We could have one of us, like <clears throat> Sparky or somebody, you know, splitting out there, ride this highly deadly roller coaster. I mean, Sparky is actually looking at it, considering it, like really studying what this roller coaster is all about. You know, if she dies, she'll pursue you in both worlds, right? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've considered it, but... <laughs> yeah. PK, take a GM intrusion. Okay. Who do you want to give your other point to? Your other XP? I'll give it to Irene because of this statement she gave. <laughs> <laughs> Among the crowd, you notice that there is a really short girl. Really cute, actually. You only see her from behind, but she's got this like very vibrantly glittery blue hair that's in like a bow. And she seems to be tugging alongside her some uh, skeleton on a stand. You know, like the old kind of fortune teller things in a box. Mm -hmm. It's like that. But the head is chopped off at the top. And you don't take much attention to it. Like, sure, the girl is like really small. She looks way too young to be on here. But nothing much matters. She, he he feels a bit, I don't think offended, but at least like, feels like there's a lot of disrespect going on with having a skeleton in. <laughs> well, that's the thing. The skeleton, you hear it jangle inside of the head as if it's like shaking and moving around a lot. And there's like, you know, something inside of it, like a magic eight ball. But the GM intrusion comes from when you hear it speak. Are you really sure about going on this ride, Julian? It seems awfully dangerous from me, your T.O. Lionel. <laughs> this is definitely a nightmare. I'm just going to, I'm just going to ignore. I'm just going to not. This seems fun, but it seems awfully dangerous. Uh, you know, a uh, uh, good old T.O. Lionel, he's a, he's a lion's heart, but, uh, you know, a little, uh, uh, you know, this is, uh, uh, this is how I died, actually. Uh, <laughs> a heart attack, so, you know. Uh, 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 and he kind of looks around awkwardly, and this skeleton on a box's eyes oh, no. lock with yours. Oh, Kiki's gonna try to not make eye contact at all. He's going to, like, try to slightly turn the other side. And he sees that you're in the flesh. Oh my god. And he just turns back around to this little girl who is, again, with this hair that's in a bow, wearing this big green jacket. And she turns around and starts bouncing in excitement, looking at Lionel in the skeleton thing. And sure enough, it is, it's Unuin. The thing is... This is like an AU Yunwen, so he's still gonna try to ignore it because this is not his niece Yunwen. Like, unless he knows that something that actually happens to this girl will happen to real Yunwen, he's not necessarily. This is starting to feel a lot more like a dream, yeah. Since we were talking about it, Irene is spiraling into an existential crisis. Oh no, why? No, why? Because Hilda pinched her and she didn't wake up. Oh no! <laughs> oh, Kike would notice and react to that. He would, he would like casually stand next to Irene and kind of just being like, hey, kid, I, I know this isn't a dream, but I'm going to make sure we all get out of here fine oh. and you'll be you'll be back in your okay yes but how did we get here and why are we here and is it a dream or is it not one of my deep-seated fears 
involves um, reality and what is or is not real. And so I'm thinking that maybe my deep-seated fears have come to the surface and are taking over my life as I work to not have them do. Uh... You know, I've, I've had those fears before multiple times, and I... I Why are you not spiraling? <laughs> well, I, I... Listen, here's the secret. I have learned to spiral on the inside. It's not a thing <laughs> that you should necessarily take up on. Are you saying that I was not successfully spiraling no, on no. the inside? I thought I hid it very well. No, you, and you did. My mom say that masking is not all that important. It's important to be yourself instead. Yeah, that is also that is also a really fair point from Hilda. That is great advice for everyone else except for me. Uh, li- listen, I we can all take it on that weird guy that was on the inn. I think he somehow got us roped into this weird scenario, which sadly seems more real than I would like. Tukan has a knife. Can we stab him? Uh, I, I, I am gonna say that that Tukan would not at that <laughs> with the knife. <laughs> oh yeah, Tukan would stab a man. No hesitation. Kyle, <laughs> I have a question. Yeah, hit me. Um, Booker is smaller than most people around him, right? Mm-hmm. It only occurred to me now that Booker would want to ride that thing as well as Sparky. So, um. Can I just have Booker have run underneath everybody's? He's on. He's on the coaster. He's there. Whoa! Hey, kid. I think your book just kind of slipped. I don't know if we all know this or not. I assume we do. Should I roll perception? I'm gonna say everybody sees Booker, but you see him right as he slips under a pair of legs. Hilda is tearing off after him. Booker. <laughs> Hilda and Booker, give me a competing speed rolls. Yes. 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 Okay. What does what does Ness's what are his little... Making me roll speed stats. instead of int. Well, you do have far step. <laughs> that would require Hilda to know how magic works. Okay, all right. That's fair. I'm committing to the bit. Far step if I damn well please. hey What'd you roll? 19. Motherfuck. Damn it. I got a 10. I never roll high. I mean, you're right, but I'm going to mock you anyway. All right, so... Hilda, you try tracing Booker, but you're not as small as him. You've got to, like, maneuver around people. Oh, I was just going to crash into people. Okay, well, <laughs> it's still slower than going under them. Sparky, Irene, and Kike, you see Booker haul ass, and then you see Hilda haul ass slightly less quickly. Uh, Booker, you get a minor effect for this. What's your minor effect? Something minorly good for me. Um... I want this to ensure that I get a front row seat. Okay, yeah. On the roller coaster. You uh, get a front row suite. You get a front row seat. Like a full suite on a roller coaster. Yes. It's something I really want now. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. A, like with a bar and a table, you can get it catered. The luxury coaster. You're just in the first car, Booker. It's not even that luxurious. <laughs> wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait a second. Is that is that a Necromon? And Booker, you turn back and you see two figures behind you in line. Because you're right in the front of line. Yeah, where I belong. One of them on the right is a rounder, fresh-faced individual wearing all-purpose leather coveralls. Notably, though, he has a very square, round head and green skin. 
Next to him, you see a figure that's also wearing the Speedy Speedboy outfit, but they have their head shaved, so it's shaved down one side. Uh, but you can see it's actually, it's a costume, so it's just like a bald cap that's been fitted to be on one side of someone's head. And this one looks down to you and says, yeah, that, that's gotta be a Necromon. I, I don't think this place has Necromon. Wall. I don't know what you're talking about, Baby Freddy, but they're definitely Necromods here. Oh, uh... Ah, uh, they're over there! <laughs> I pointed a different direction. That's not me. Uh, roll me con- uh, not convince somebody. Roll me persuasion. I'm putting in one level of int effort. Okay. I got six! Oh my god! <laughs> Wall Whoa. just drops their head and says, You know what? Maybe you're right, Baby Freddy. Maybe there aren't Necromon here. Have I arrived yet? Am I still? Yes, you can now arrive. All right. Oh, uh, hey, Walnut. Hey, Freddy. Oh, Hilda, you're here too. Hey, can you help us figure this out? This Does this place have Necromon? I keep saying that it doesn't. Although maybe this Wilter they keep talking about, Wilter Whale, is a Necromon? I, I, I don't know what's happening. And I'm I'm kind of freaking out a little bit, uh, but I just wanted to make sure that Booker does not get on this roller coaster. Get back here! Booker just has one leg over the new <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like, "What? Get back here!" She's just like <laughs> bursting past again. <laughs> I waited in line just like everybody else. No, come back! I'm gonna attempt to just like snatch him up in a way. Yeah, give me a competing might roll. Yeah, I was gonna say it's okay to do a competing might roll, right? Because Booker wants to ride. Tell you what. Tell you what. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some grade A bullshit here. <laughs> what if I told you I want to use my specialized skill in sleight of hand <laughs> to? Uh, it's like like you know how you gotta distract a cat and then yoink them. Yeah, that's my plan here. I wanna I wanna like make sure that Booker does not see it coming before I'm just like, Meh, you're in my arms now. Perfect. Yeah, I'll I'll take it. Yes. I was a 13 plus six from Specialized. God damn it. What did you get? I rolled a seven. Oh. It's not even a six. It's not even a meme number. Booker, you don't even notice, but you're off. And then you hear as the what? roller coaster with the sweet hey! goes off. Hey. I'm sorry, but it's not safe. Hey. Maybe, maybe you can ride a real roller coaster in the real world. Coaster, look at it go! I don't know if any of this is real. The realest coaster I've ever seen. Have, have you seen roller coasters, Booker? I don't, have they gone to a theme park? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I want to go to a theme park, and you have to make that up to me now. Okay, I'll go to a theme park for you. I'm gonna remember, and I'm gonna remind you every single day. Okay. Every day. Meanwhile, we're gonna cut back to Sparky, Kike, and Irene. Kike, you can feel almost the heat on you as Lionel's head is just doing, you know the exorcist thing? Oh God. Where the head just keeps going around or like a spotlight yeah. in like a security guard station, just and you can almost feel like heat as his eyes go over you. But then he just keeps circling around and he's just like, and around and around and around and around. And I think it was the 45th time around that my heart finally let out. He can will, will avoid eye contact with this Lionel looking and sounding skeleton man, possibly even moving behind Irene slightly. 
You hide behind Irene. It's about as effective as Misha hiding behind Ellie, which is to say not at all. <laughs> I know, but at least there's a child in between, so there may be a little bit less of an interaction. I have a child. Irene turns around. Wow, detective. I guess even professionals can be afraid of things. Thankfully, I am not, <laughs> but I understand and acknowledge your fear. Why, uh, what's the, uh, what's, what, what, what's the detective business about? If you are in the know, you know. I'm clearly and not. You clearly do not know. That's what I just admitted. Yeah, I, I was gonna say it before you did, and then you sort of did it, and the magic is broken, as always, <laughs> Farty. The magic is, what? <laughs> what? Some things are best kept between a mystery-solving duo. Kiki will fist bump Irene at that <laughs> Irene had gone into... <laughs> oh, no! Oh, again. no! Yes! really awkward. Yes! Oh, no. Kiki will, like, slowly open it, but it might be a little bit <laughs> too late. I, I choose to believe it's as after... she had awkwardly curled her... Oh, no! I choose to believe it's, like, after they collide, Kiki just slowly <laughs> extends his hand out. Yeah, that, that's a secret detective salute that you are also not in the nose, Sparky. How does it feel not knowing things? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you can hardly blame her for not knowing things when she is not Rulettia's premier investigator. You look to your right and you can see the figure that Hilda saw in the trench coat and the trilby. But this figure is not who fans of season one would recognize as Mac because underneath the figure, all I can describe is a face that looks like a tan Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> and you notice now that he has a small rock on his shoulder and he just uh, sips a cig- He just sips a cigarette. Yeah, yeah, you gotta sip a cigarette. cigarette. <laughs> he continues to sip a cigarette. Mr. Elmo has never used a cigarette before, so just mm, smoke. This show does not endorse smoking, repeat. Does not endorse smoking. It isn't cool. It isn't fun. What about drinking smoke? You kids are drinking drugs tonight? (laughs) Anyways, uh, as he continues to drink his cigarette, Mr. Elmo looks and says, That being said, what brings such amateur investigators to Welter's prosthetic intestine? Look, I'm not an amateur. And she just stops. (laughs) She looks a little bit uncertain after that statement. How many crimes have you solved in Rulettia? In fact, I have just solved the crime of the easy life killer. The one who would take the brands off someone's hand before killing them. Why? It helped that it was me, so I just solved the case of me doing it, but... (laughs) What the fuck? Sir, did you just confess to murder? (laughs) This world's Mr. Elmo is a murderer. (laughs) Maybe, maybe our world's too. Who knows? (laughs) That to be unsaid, the boss did say that she was very interested in why you were here. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, as soon as we were here, I was like, oh, we're gonna meet her. That's fucking fine. That's just (laughs) fucking fine. Is, is, there was this really pale, fangy looking person. Pale? You want to call this person preposterously pale? No. She uh, has a sense of class and action. Like a class action lawsuit? And prefers pink. 
<laughs> Intriguing. Intriguing. Does she have some kind of a package with the face that Mr. Kike over here just described on it? A package with a facsimile of a face on it, you say? How perplexing. That package sounds exactly like what the boss was interested in. She said it could take us to a place far more lively than Rouletia. Did she know where that package is? Now, why on earth would I have that information when you're going to find it for me? And Sparky, take a GM intrusion. Why not? Her eye is twitching. Who do you give the other point to? Um, I'm going to give the other point to... Uh, you know what? I'm sporting. I'm going to give it to Irene because I am being torn apart by other PCs in this party. And she manages to make a fool of me every single time. You turn around and you don't see the bearer of the voice at first. What you see is you see a series of stuffed mascots. One of them looks like a whale with an antenna out of its head. There's this bipedal camel. They're all these like really rough, shoddy costumes. But interestingly, all of them are wearing Hawaiian shirts and have these <laughs> mustaches on them. Surrounded by all of these Manny Mate Rons, you see a woman she has a wide, elegant white hat, is wearing roller skates, and has a beautiful, glittering pink dress. Irene tugs on Sparky's sleeve and whispers, This might not even be real. If you killed her, I wouldn't tell anyone. Can I, can I say that? I mean, I know that you control too can technically, but like Irene says that, and like the <laughs> Scorpion shows with a little knife as Irene is saying that. Uh, give me, give me one quick second, because we said something very important about Toucan earlier, didn't we? That the knife is his weak? No, you were like, oh, Toucan definitely would stab someone, and I said he definitely would. Oh, oh my god! A natural one. No. Oh. Toucan lunges and stabs Maybelline. Yes, 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 yes. Natural one for everybody else. But for me, I am living. In fact, I just, after that happens. Well. I want Hilda to return at this very moment and be like, <laughs> what the F? what I miss? God, I didn't go on the roller coaster. I didn't see the shanking. God, I missed everything. Maybelline looks at you with a fury and she points to all of the Manny mates around her and says, look at that, they they put red all over my beautiful pink dress. Also, I got stabbed hard enough to bleed. <laughs> Get them! Battle time, battle time, battle time. I was gonna do a chase unless you wanna fight an <laughs> army of Ron Manny mates. I mean- We're Tier six, none of them can stop us. That's also true. Sure. It's combat time, baby. <laughs> Roll me initiative. I got a 10. Oh, motherfucker, I got a two. Oh no. I got a 12. Oh. I got an eight. And what did, uh, we'll say that was for Sparky. What did Booker get? Oh, Booker? 11. So how many points did we get off of Maybelline by stabbing her? Uh, that would be two, I believe, is how much the knife does. Damn. Where was she stabbed? <laughs> I was thinking like the just the shoulder. Oh, okay. Yeah. Classic shoulder. You know, so a, a little drip of red gets down on her dress. Because I thought she could stab it at like the heart and was like, oh, 
no! I have read I'm like, oh, this is time for murder. Sure. Hilda's traumatized for life. She gets stabbed in the heart. Oh my god. Something even Lorraine Styles wouldn't have been able to survive. Kike, you realize that you were right. These are not the people that you knew. <laughs> uh, Sparky, roll me speed defense. I'm trained. Uh, 13. Okay. The Ron Manny mates start to surround you as the Mr. Elmo figure just gulps the final bit of his cigarette with a big crunch. <laughs> uh, no, a big slurp. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> No. There were so many tactile things going on with this cigarette, <laughs> and I'm obsessed with this it. This is the worst texture imaginable. I love it so much. Sparky, you jump to the side as you feel a heart swing past you. A heart? And Maybelline, having failed to hit you with the heart that's now at the end of her knife. What the fuck? Points and says, Get me that compass! No. And it is uh, it is Irene's turn. Um, Ken, I did I for I didn't describe her having a chair. Oh, she has Can a chair. She? Okay. It's just assumed <laughs> it's there. It's a chair or something else. Like how the strong glass staff is a sword. I feel like Irene would have like a brief internal panic because the only time she has ever fought has been with Necromon. Oh no. And she does oh, not have Necromon. No. So in her panic she will grab the nearest hard thing she can find and swing it. And that happens to be the folding chair off her back. That oh. is a part of her costume that I didn't mention. Who are you swinging at? Um probably Maybelline. All right, give me a roll. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> it is a 19. Ooh. Nice. How much did the chair do by default? Seven. All right, so you can either do 10 points of damage or you can have a minor effect. Okay, would this be a major effect or a minor effect if I didn't want her to instinctively go after Hilda. Oh, Hilda's so squishy. <laughs> I am not. We'll say she targets you because she was not going to go after Hilda. Okay, well, if she wasn't anyway, then I don't want to use up my... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, conk. Her head goes down like two feet. Ooh. Not two feet. Her head goes down two like feet? half a foot. <laughs> Just buried deep in her chest. Christ. That sounds like a glitching in a video game. <laughs> you know in episode one, an Oasis of Ghosts, where you comically knocked off Rasputin's head yeah. and then he put it back on? Yeah, it's that, but it's a human flesh head. Oh my oh. god. <laughs> This is a huge content warning episode. <laughs> I want to put that out there. It's a Halloween episode, so hey. Halloween! Halloween! Is this what you wanted your legacy to be, Hallie? Eh, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it's it's only happened to Maybelline so far, so... Look, I'm glad we're just finally getting the Lorraine boss fight we deserved. Alright. I also specifically did not attack Mr. Elmo because I felt like I needed to... At least give, like, first dibs on him to the two people who attacked him in <laughs> actual hereafter. Oh, that's a good point. I'm torn now. Speaking of, Booker, it's your turn. Booker! 
Oh man, I just want to like fling myself at um I'm going to I'm going to fuck up Elmo. I just want to I just want to book opens and it's over Elmo's face and oh my god, there's a book. He can't see. It's me, Booker. Okay. Do it. Cast him into the fire. <laughs> Do we have a fun ability to use? Not really. Oh wait, eye gouge. That's what I'm using. Ah. Oh, that's right. Oh, oh, how does eye gouge work again? Uh, you make an attack against a creature with an eye. The difficulty of the attack is increased by one step, but if you hit, the creature has trouble seeing for the next hour. During this time, the difficulty of any of the creature's tasks that rely upon sight is increased by one step. Because you just paper-cutted his eye. Yeah, I just want to paper-cut his eye. I am going to use two levels of effort. (laughs) Oh, God, you need to. All right, give give me an attack. 14... Sink, 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 sink. <laughs> oh my god! His oh eyes god. get cut, Ooh. and I'm gonna X card the description of this. I'm gonna X card the description of this real hard. Okay. Thank you, Dom. I will then just vaguely say if anything happens to his body, it will turn into ashy fluid. <laughs> okay. You're welcome, team. Was that vague enough, Tom? Uh, we'll we'll let it pass. Okay. I didn't expect the phrase ashy fluid. <laughs> well, we know cigarettes are liquids in this world, so. Oh, so. No. Nicotine. <laughs> Nicotini. It sounds like a cocktail. It sounds like a like a cigarette Pokemon. Become Nicotini, that legendary Pokemon. <laughs> Nicotini. Oh my god, Nicotini. Fan artists, please make us this. Anyways, Anyways um, whose turn was it now? Uh, it's it's Kike's. Oh, it's me! Kike, you have, again, for the sake of the X card, I will not describe everything that happened, but you saw it happen. Well, you know, there's a lot of things going on here, and uh, I, I, I know, I want to use shock to the system, but the way that I am going to, to flex it is that Kike is just recounting all of the similar uh, experiences he has witnessed in his long, long, long life, and how this may or may not compare to some of the most... What the fuck has Kike experienced in his life? <laughs> he has experienced a lot. Kike, you know those like YouTube videos where it's like, you know, the blank iceberg explained where it starts with like the basics and goes I feel like that's what Sparky wants to do just a video the Kike iceberg explained I mean yeah that's exactly what she wants to do Kike is so fucking fascinating Kike is a man of many mysteries he's a man of many mysteries and and Sparky's gonna solve all of them okay so who who are you traumatizing with your life um Sparky so in addition to beheaded slash There are a bunch of uh, the Manimates, the big costume security, except they're the Manimate Rons because they all have Hawaiian shirts, sunglasses and mustaches. They're like a cluster enemy. Essentially, they all have a group health. Mm, I'll, I'll, I'll do it to them or to one of them if I can't do it to multiple people. Uh, yeah, the idea is if you attack one Ron, you attack all of them. They go down real easy. Okay, and I want to do it to all of the Rons. Oh, oh, God, give me a roll. Just getting all of the secrets that Sparky has ever wanted from Kike. For fuck's sake. 
you using any effort? I am using two levels of effort. Okay. And that's an 18. Oh my god. Holy shit. One extra point of damage. Well, it doesn't do damage normally, right? No, I think it just makes them faint. Oh, that's right. Wait, it just it just makes them what? Yeah, affected targets faint and collapse to the ground, remaining unconscious for two rounds. So it's an insta-kill, basically. <laughs> All right, you hear a series of very masculine, ah! And in the front, you just hear one of them say, Oh my god, a Neen 12! A Neen 12! Are you with me, buddy? And uh, the other one says, Wait, to 13! It's so, it's so horrifying, yet captivating! That's right, a Neen 12, I feel equally blessed and cursed with this knowledge! Ah! And they all pass out. All of them are on the ground. As they pass out, Kikin will just be like, What just happened? Anyways, well, I'm just gonna mark them off. Uh, Hilda, it's your turn. So, Hilda is going to hold out her right hand, which is the one that has the glove with the the little ring where there used to be a bedazzle, and start just gathering motes of light in it, charging up and up and up and up. Now the real question is, who does the bullet hit? On the one hand, would it be more in character to blast Mr. Elmo, who kidnapped the entire school? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> On the other hand, at long last, me, out of character Tom, with a chance to hit Lorraine Styles with a six effort cutting light. <laughs> Have you forgotten the power of shock? You gave me back this character sheet, now you get six levels of effort, and I can do this all day. Oh my god. Oh my god. Holy shit. I can do this for ages. I have, let, let's go over the numbers here. I have 43 int right now. <laughs> Jesus. To cast Cutting Light with six effort only takes nine. I think two to hit and four to damage is more than adequate. That's a 10. I thought I rolled a 19 for a second. <laughs> yeah, of course that's enough. Of course that's enough to kill. Who did you target? Wait, well, hold on, hold on. Let's tally up that damage. That's what... <laughs> Four times three, so that's 12. 17 against uh, Maybelline. 17 damage on Maybelline with cutting light. Yeah, how do you just how do you just cut her up? Is it like Jesus. is it like the sword thing where you just like shrinking shrink out and then suddenly she just slides in half? Or so we recall how her head is now two feet down in her torso now, right? Yeah. <laughs> just gonna a hole right through that, just melted. And before Sparky can even ask... Wait, oh no! Wait, yeah, what no, the no, fuck? No. Wait, I can redirect my attack to Mr. Elmo. No, it is no. too late. No, this it isn't is right. It is too late. You have taken this no. from me. <laughs> so sorry. This feels right somehow. No! That's no. fine. I, ex- this, I no, accept No, 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 wait. This didn't... Undo. This night has not gone in my favor, except for when I gouged out Mr. Oh, Elmo's no. eye. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I didn't. Before Sparky even gets a I didn't turn. Think. Before I can destroy the Lorraine analog. I don't. No, I no, don't, it's done. I don't. No. no. It, is, it is legitimately funnier this way. Oh, I didn't expect it to kill. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I was lethal. All right. Well, you're surrounded a bunch of, you're around a bunch of unconscious Rons, a dead Maybelline Styles. Uh, you don't have the package. Well, we got Mr. Elmo up 
<laughs> He's still alive. He just doesn't have eyes anymore. Oh my god. <laughs> so, anyways, you look down at the at the celestial clock, and you notice that it has kind of been swinging around in a circle. And you notice specifically as you hear, oh my god, this is so cool. Oh, I think I'm gonna die again. As the roller coaster carts go past you. And the sweet. The sweet one specifically, you notice that the line of the clock is actually lining up specifically with the sweet seat. <laughs> Meaning that, yes, Booker could have gotten the package a while ago. Tom ruining everything, even in hindsight. Oh no. Even when Tom wins, he loses. <laughs> <laughs> God, I knew it was there. All right, Sparky's going for it. Are you like running in line or are you going to try to like get on it halfway through it running past you? The second one, because you know what's fun? I'm good at math now. I would like to use visual calculus in order to time this jump into this suite. So if I understand, you do math and everything, is it's one step easier, right? I think so, yeah. And then uh, because there's a high chance that there's like a door in this thing and it's not really open, I'd like to be jumping with my defibrillin so that I'm lasering my way into this suite. Hilda is following just in case Sparky falls. Can I do a thing to reluctantly help Sparky? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Sparky, you look down, you look up, you do the math. Everyone sees Sparky, and it literally is the confused math woman meme. <laughs> she's like doing the calculations and doesn't quite understand, but is also like figuring it out. Okay. And then let's go big. You know, at the end of your roller coaster race, how there's a big ramp in the middle of it? Yeah. It's gonna go off the ramp. Okay. You see Sparky run, and you see Hilda run after her. And Kike, what do you do? I want to just move out. <laughs> on what? <laughs> on how? <laughs> so the, the package is on the top cart, right? Is that kind of what you said? It's on the front cart, which is just a suite. It's a literal suite on a roller coaster. Oh, because if the top cart, like I was picturing it was like above the roller coaster, so I wanted... Sure, sure. Let's say it's like, it's not only the front, it is also on the second story. <laughs> like, yeah, why not? So I wanted, as they're running... Or Kike to just kind of like be like, oh, I want to get this over with, and then not knowing how or or that it was him necessarily create a mountain as they're walking, so that it's like lifts them like a little mountain elevator. Yeah, we'll say that makes another step easier. And you know what? Let's make this interesting. Let's make it a difficulty nine task since you're all strong enough for that. Okay. Irene, do you do anything to help? I've just been following, but I feel like there's not so much else I can do. Like, Irene, can you help me catch just in case something goes wrong? <laughs> yes, I'm very good at catching, but can't you just use your magic powers? Uh, my magic powers might not be perfect for this. I thought you were a wizard. Don't you have transportation spells? Look, if I had the ability... To step really far away, I would, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sparky, give me a roll. Okay. How much effort are you using? Um, as much as I can. Okay, six levels of effort. Six. And a bonus from Kike. You have to roll a six or higher. For fuck's sake. Eleven. Oh, hey! yeah. Yeah, that's two ones, but it's good this time. <laughs> 
Sparky, you run. The mountain rises from beneath you. What does the mountain look like, Ari? Uh, it looks like a mountain of boats. <laughs> All of the bones from underneath Ruletia before Easy Life was instituted. Also, because it's Nightmare Land. Oh, no. <laughs> What the fuck? A mountain of bones! That's not even structurally sound! Sparky launches with her defibrillin. Irene and Hilda waiting below to catch her. And Sparky, describe how you expertly get on the thing right before it goes off the ramp. Oh man, okay, the thing about bones is that they're not stable at all. So I like to imagine that when this mountain of bones comes up underneath Sparky, she trips a little bit, comically, but then she turns that little trip into a spin, and with the height and the momentum given to her by this mountain of bones, that is just enough for her to do a really sick mid-air barrel roll, and then as she's coming up, facing the suite as it's coming by, she's got her defibrillin, and she punches through the glass with the limb just seconds before it would have been worse because it would have been her body. And you know how you know how action action movies they do the somersault. Yeah, yeah. You know, do you do a three point land? The, yeah, that one. That, that's what I'm trying to say. The three point land. She does the three point land, and and she's on her knees with her um, defibrillin up Iron Man style. And um, she's a little bit surprised because, I don't know, that's just, you know, this is a physical feat that she is not capable of doing normally. So um, when she lands, she's like, maybe math wasn't a waste. <laughs> <laughs> and then I look around for the package. Is it in here? It is. Yeah. You see it. It's got Victor Damon's smiling face on it. I yoink it. I yoink it. And I, and I fling myself back out. Yeet! 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 Onto the mountain of bones! I want to surf on a bone! Kike flings <laughs> Sparky out. Yes! Fling! <laughs> Yeet! Aha! My deepest thanks for this delivery. It shall truly make this party the bee's knees. You are all at the top of Victor Damon's tower. You are tired and exhausted, not only from the Roulette adventure, but you actually had to like go through a whole Castlevania maze of monsters <laughs> to get to them. That we just glossed over. But Victor Damon is beaming. You know, he's like, Frankie has been salivating all night over the mere thought of this package. I can already see the excitement in Mummy's face. I'll need to save a few for Adam Sandler as well. <laughs> Sandler. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you again. My guests will love these macarons. <laughs> What? Yes, blood orange macarons. They're absolutely delectable, but you can only find them in a few select dimensions. It's actually pronounced macaron. <laughs> that was the package. This macarons. You got you got cookies. These are cookies. Why didn't you just order new cookies? Why didn't you just order new cookies? Because they wouldn't be as good as these. Why do you just- Can we at least go home now? Ah, yes, your reward. Are you sure you don't want to stay for the party? No. However, if you do give me the money you promised, give us the money you promised. <laughs> Fine, your loss. Here is your money. Thank you for the macarons. You can go out that door. And you will be Maca gone. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. 
Our macarons, anything like the Manny Rons we just fought? Booker yells from the background where he is eating not the party food, but he's like snacking on on like the tablecloth itself. And so he's about he's before we leave, I'd like him to ruin the whole party spread by eating the yeah. tablecloth and then it pulls everything down. It goes. <laughs> That's the sound food makes when it falls. If you didn't know. Exquisite. All right. Anything you all do before you head out? Um, I want to hold up the compass thing. Can I keep this? Roll me. Roll me persuasion, which I am specialized in. Fourteen. He looks at you. <laughs> Can I keep this? <laughs> Can I keep this? Can I... This is focus. Can I keep this? <laughs> no. Fucking no, motherfucker! And that's how you're ending the Halloween session after I didn't get to pinch Lorraine. After I, I'm so oh it's questionable god. measures. That's when no happened. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. Halloween the game. <laughs> Halloween! Tom ruins <laughs> Halloween! I didn't even say it right. This is the worst holiday! <laughs> this is the sucks. Who, who decided this was a holiday? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the Halloween special. A uh, couple of other analogs in case anyone's curious. Tommy Funbuck was Chaz Casey. Vespari was Rasputin. Cubo was Alina. The Pie Pod Kid was either going to be Steve or Ariel. Cart was the Frog in a Tutu. And Chris Previn's Worth Pine was Lucas Bang. Oh! Chris Previn's Worth Pine! (laughs) So, we're on our Halloween special. We are going to start with Victor Damon doing a monologue, because that's what he does every time. Like, whoa, ho, ho! Let's talk about world, and maybe I need help from some old friends or something, something. Batman. This is not my voice, and not the voice I'll do say, when he talks to you. Good imitation of Victor Damon. <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm a completely different person. I love that the two of you each got your costumes from books, and one of them has a big blue hat, and one of them has a big red hat, like true rivals. <laughs> I wasn't actually going to originally have it be from a book. I wasn't sure. But as soon as I heard that Hilda's was from a book, I decided that Irene's was from... Is it the same book? That's what yes. I was thinking, like yeah. rivals from That's the same book. That's what I was book. picturing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hilda's Sonic to Irene's Shadow the Hedgehog. Same color scheme. God. So first off, I found a bunch of junk in this drawer, and you can feel free to take whatever you want. And Victor Damon is going to pull out four ciphers. The final four ciphers, actually, because there were four remaining that we never used for season one. They are a flexible metal pole about one inch thick that keeps bending itself into different shapes. 
a paper airplane with oh little paper God. bombs inside of it. What an Alex cipher. <laughs> a bandit's mask with wings on the side. And then finally, a bagpipe that sprays out a colorful mist when it plays. I'd be happy with any of these. I feel like Sparky Malarkey would be particularly happy with the bandit's mask. Oh, wink. I thought that sentence was going to end very differently. Ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she would be happy with a lot of the bandit's things. Oh, because he's the aggressive bandit. Oh, fuck it. Give me the bandit mask. It's aggressive now. I'm taking the paper airplane with little paper bombs inside of it. Okay, I think I want a flexible metal pole. I guess I have bagpipes. <laughs> no, I mean, if you want, like... I mean, we can, I can switch if you want. No, that's fine. I do love that we've given the character with sound sensitivity and chronic pain a pair of <laughs> oh, bagpipes. Oh, no. We can trade. We I can didn't trade. mean for I, that. I, I, think, I think it'll be fine. I, I don't think, think it'll, it'll be, be a big deal. Are you sure? Let's do some Halloween magic. Terrible smell. These powers will expire. Atrocious. Is he going to voice over this? And just like in my favorite movie of all time, Cinderella, the Disney one, it comes from the, uh, uh, it comes from some dimension you're not used to. Uh, just like how those expire at midnight, this will expire at 8.30. Kike, you feel kind of a combination of the two of these. You feel some sense of magic, but more importantly, you see your beautiful ivory. I think human bone is ivory, right? Yeah, I think so. Let me check. Is human bone ivory? Oh my God. Nope. Nope. Which you can thank Emily for this, because Emily reminded me that Misha's scarf had a knife that was never used. And I was like, oh, perfect. Toucan has a beak. Yes, Misha's scarf had a knife. It's true. God. Toucan just got more dangerous. It's the knife Misha had at the beginning, but I just also never used because I was like, this is too much. Kike would use it, though, in dire circumstances. <laughs> yeah. I also choose to believe that the chair is part of the costume, but it's also just nice because Irene can take breaks by sitting on it while trick-or-treating. Oh, that's cute. I, I thought about that, actually. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. Can we have a D.A.R.E. episode of Quest Friends where Hilda has to go to a D.A.R.E. program and they have the Nicotini, Nicotini. Pokemon? <laughs> we promise... We don't, we don't, we don't support cigarettes we don't. or drugs. It's just that this, it's just that we find cigarettes funny. That's why it's a dare episode. <laughs> it's a dare episode. We do need one of those. Oh boy. I just want you all to know that before I remembered that this was the Ron's design, I thought that this was like, oh, we return back and all these creatures have just adapted after they saw Hanalore in the NPC fight. Oh my god. I thought they were all just dressed as Hanalore dogs. I specifically designed the Rons after the Hanalore cookie tea design. <laughs> I thought this is what someone who would want to be a superstar cop would wear. And I know that because Hanalore Dunn wore it. God bless Hanalore Dunn. I just love that I designed the world's worst woman with Maybelline and still... The vendetta is against Lorraine, whose body she has <laughs> taken over. Unquestioning. Lorraine is also the world's worst woman. I, uh, yeah. You know? It's the world's worst woman versus the ninth world's worst woman. Oh my god, whatever. 